Let's pray together. Father, we are here celebrating that you are alive. And Lord, may your spirit do a living work within our hearts this evening. We thank you for opportunity to get together to acknowledge you in our lives and in our midst. And Lord, we pray that you would be present, Lord, at this time. Father, present in our thoughts, and may our thoughts be translated into actions, Father. We do thank you again for an opportunity to hear from you. May we long for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening. Good to have you guys here. If you want, you want to turn up the lights just a little, Alex, so if everyone's reading, they can follow along. Well, we're continuing our series on image. Glad you guys have made it here. Um, last week, we began and we talked about how God has created us in his image, and we looked at what that entailed, that it was really every aspect of who we are, from our hearts to our souls to our being, that each area of our life is to reflect in some way the image of God. And as God went through all of creation and he said it was good, he, he did something unique on that sixth day when he created man in his own image and he breathed into man the breath of life. And as we have this image of God, we want to see more and talk more about how that shows up in our lives. What does that look like? What does that mean to bear the image of God? And I think it's important that we recognize that, you know, there are certain things that belong just to God. When we have the image of God, it doesn't mean we get all the good stuff. We don't get omnipotence, right? We don't have all power. And it's probably a good thing, right? It's a good thing we don't have all power. I, I know that when some people get a lot of power, it's dangerous. And so it's probably good that we don't have omnipotence. And we don't have omniscience. We don't know everything. Although I've met people who think they do. But we don't know everything. And so there are certain qualities and characteristics that just belong to God. We can't be everywhere at the same time. We don't have omnipresence, but boy, it would be helpful some days when I really would like to be in two places at one time, but you just can't do it. So those aren't the things that we have in common. But God created us in his image and he created us with intention. And there are certain things that, that is supposed to entail. In Psalm 145, verse 8, Psalm 145, verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and compassionate. He is patient and demonstrates great loyal love. The Lord is good to all and has compassion on all he has made. And so what I want to talk about tonight is the characteristic and the quality of God that we know as compassion. Because this is one of the characteristics of God. God has given us a capacity to reflect him in a very powerful way, and that is in this area of compassion. 
And that is one of the ways that we can bear God's image. And I guess the best way to, to see this carried out is through Jesus himself. Because whenever we look at Jesus, we are looking at the image of God clearly as a human being is supposed to live. Remember, Jesus said, the words I speak, they're not my words, they're the Father's. The things I do, it's not just me doing them, it's the Father telling me what to do and I'm doing those things. And so everything that Jesus did gives us insight into the image of God. And so turn with me to Mark chapter 1. We're going to read verses 40 to 42. And some of you may already notice I'm using the New English translation, or maybe you didn't know what translation I was using because it's not the NIV. If you wanted to follow along, it's the NET. Um, anyway, just for your information. And so it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, Now a leper came to him and fell on his knees asking for help. If you are willing, you can make me clean, he said. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. The leprosy left him at once, and he was clean. And so here is an instance where we see that Jesus was moved with compassion. And so Jesus could have just said, hey, yeah, you're clean, that's fine. But we get a little bit of insight that He stepped forward and he was moved with compassion and he did something that you are not supposed to do, which is touch a person who is leprous. But Jesus was moved with compassion and he entered into this man's life, this man who has been outcast all his life, a person who was no longer connected to his family, most likely not to his friends or anybody who was living outside of the city and who was banished. Jesus moved with compassion, saw him and actually touched him. Probably the first time this person has had a physical touch in who knows how long. And Jesus says, I am willing be clean. Now, a lot of people will say, you see, it's God's will that everyone be healed, but we don't have that ability, but I believe it is God's will that we all have compassion. And that compassion is something that would move us. Now, compassion is one of these words that I I think has gotten a, a, a bad idea many times. When you think of compassion... You might think of, of someone like Mother Teresa. You know, here's a person who is compassionate. But it's kind of like meekness. When you think of meekness, a lot of times people are kind of upside down, dyslexic, and think of weakness, right? Meekness is just kind of this lack of something in our minds many times. But really, meekness is controlled strength. Jesus said, learn of me, I am meek and lowly in spirit. But Jesus had all power. And so meekness is not a lack of power. And the same thing with compassion. You see, compassion is actually a force. But when we think of compassion or we think of something with force, you don't look at if you're choosing up teams to play basketball, you don't say, hey, pick that guy. Yeah, he looks full of compassion. Yeah, that's it. Or you, you see, you know, uh, SEAL Team 6, and you don't look at them and say, man, look at those guys. Burly, beards, guns, 
That's a group of compassionate men. That's not what we think of when we think of compassion. But you see, the idea of compassion isn't a lack of movement or force. It isn't a lack of strength. You know, other things that gets associated with compassion is maybe empathy. You know, the idea of empathy is the ability to receive feelings or emotions or pain. You feel those things. People who are empathetic see someone who maybe is all alone. They go, oh, look at that person. They're all by themselves. Go talk to them. My wife is empathetic. She's always telling me what I should do to help someone else be involved. And I say, well, you've got the empathy. You go talk to them. You know, you, you've got that feeling and desire. But she is always like that. If there's someone on the outside, it makes her crazy because she just feels for them. She has that sense or, or sympathy, that ability to feel sorry, to, to feel pain. But you see, compassion is different. Compassion is an act of force that moves us to actually bring help, to bring healing, to bring hope to the people around us. Compassion is active. It is not passive. Well, you might see empathy as kind of a passive. It's, it's something you receive. It's something that you hold. Compassion is something that takes what you have and moves it out of your being into the world around you. And so compassion is something very active, is something that is engaging. And every time you wield your power to benefit the life in another person in an act of compassion, you are reflecting very clearly the image of God. But it's something that has to step outside of just your feelings, outside of just what you think, and turns into something that you do. You see, Jesus was moved with compassion, so he touched him. God is full of compassion to all that he has made, and so he gives of himself to those things. And again, we see it very clearly in the actions of Jesus. He is giving of himself. He has trusted us with this characteristic, this part of his image, to care and help the people around us. Compassion is a characteristic of God that we can show. And we are meant to show. There's another example in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And, and I want you to think, what would be uh, the opposite of compassion? And I was trying to think of the opposite of compassion, and I guess you could say uncompassion? Uh, disdain. What? Disdain? You can say, don't be... No one's going to correct you here, you're not... You know what I thought? I thought of apathy. Where compassion is a force that moves you to do something, apathy is the lack of movement. It is the lack of strength. Apathy is relinquishing your power 
and surrendering the power of your life and doing nothing. Compassion is taking what moves you and doing something. And so a lot of people are apathetic. They see something, oh, that's something, but they don't do anything. The power to actually make a change is relinquished. The other night, I had an apathetic moment. I went out to eat with a couple of people I won't mention. Um, and we ate more than human beings should be allowed to eat. And as we were leaving this restaurant, just stuffed, literally ate for like two hours. It was, it was amazing and terrible at the same time, frightening. But as we were driving out, I, we saw this figure. It looked like a guy, but at first I thought it was a statue. And it was this kind of person. It looked like holding a sign. It was like something. It reminded me of when you go to Disneyland and you go into the haunted house ride and they have those ghosts at the end and they're like trying to hitch a ride. It reminded me of one of those. And I thought, is that real or what is that? And it was. It was a person. And he was standing there with a sign and it freaked us out. It literally freaked us out. And I think at first I thought, is he, is he real? Is he real? Is that real? Oh my gosh, it's real. And he had a sign. He was a homeless guy and he had a sign, you know, need for food. And we're like, oh, what should we do? What should we do? And one of the guys said, go, oh, I'm scared. You know, that was us. Um, and so what happened is we were apathetic. Instead of just stopping and saying, hey, no, we should do something, we did nothing. And that's what apathy does. Compassion does something. You see, if I was compassionate, I would have said, no, wait, stop. Let's do something. Let's give him some money or do something. But the apathy let fear take control. We did nothing. It was easier to drive past it and be freaked out. We need to guard our lives against apathy. And we need to step in to compassion. And so in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, says, Then Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were bewildered and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. And so what he's doing is saying, pray that God would give people compassion to actually step in and do something, that people would take this understanding in the need and actually move into it. But what strikes me about this passage is why he was moved with compassion. It says, in verse 36, because he saw that they were bewildered and helpless. Bewildered and helpless. What a strange thing. You know, you're compassionate because you see that they are, you know, without ability. You're compassionate because they can't help themselves, so you have to help them. But here, he has compassion because they're just bewildered and helpless. Have you ever been bewildered or helpless? Or have you ever known someone bewildered and helpless? A lot of times there are people who are going through mental issues that you'll find are bewildered and helpless. 
suffering from some kind of mental illness. And that, that has a stigma about it. Mental illness is kind of like a taboo, at least in a lot of Christianity. And what a shame that is. But here are people who are bewildered and really helpless because they are trapped in that bewilderment. And see, compassion says, you're not able to get out of where you're at, so I am going to help you out of this. See, my wife isn't here tonight, not because she doesn't admire my teaching. My wife isn't here tonight because she is at a class to learn how to help with mental illness because she is moved with compassion and wants to help. And she has helped many people already just because she cares. She hears a story of a mom who's struggling with her child and she knows what to say and what to do because she is learning about these things, has experienced these things, and her compassion is now helping other people because she says, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what they need. Here's how we can get them to the place where they're out of this bewilderment, where they're out of this helplessness. And maybe what they need is just someone to reach into their lives and help pull them up. And if we just knew what to do, we could be the people to help them. You see, her empathy has moved her to actually do something and be compassionate. And so she's not just home watching her favorite TV show. She's actually in a class learning how she can be more compassionate. Because she sees people who are bewildered, helpless, and cannot stand it, frankly. It drives her crazy. And so she has to step into their lives. And it's something that is pulling her because she cares. It's a force that she is now moving the lives of other people because of her compassion. Maybe there's a spiritual struggle, someone who's trapped in in some spiritual struggle, some sin or, or an area of life that has got them defeated. You see, what compassion does is doesn't just condemn them. What you did was wrong. What you did was wrong. What you did was wrong. What compassion does is is acknowledge your position and then say, I'm going to come alongside you and let's get you out of this pit. Let's not leave you here. And the people who have been helpful in my life are not the people who just tell me what I'm doing is wrong, but the people who come alongside of me and want to help me move to what is right. That's what compassion does. You see, it's easy to be pharisaical. It's easy to know what's right and tell people what to do. And frankly, I'm sick of people knowing what's right and doing nothing, especially in the area of Christianity. We are so good at pointing out what is wrong with everybody. And we are so bad at moving into their lives and helping them out. And the difference is one is compassionate. The other is really apathetic. 
And so who are we going to be when we see people in these conditions? I remember when I lost my job and was struggling emotionally, struggling spiritually, struggling financially, wondering what am I going to do? Where, where do I go from here? And there were people who gave me cards, wrote to me and said cards, encouraged me. Some just a card saying, hey, I just want you to know that I, I believe that God is going to use you. God has something good for you. I'm praying for you and I want you to know I'm here for you. And just that card, them making the effort and writing a card meant so much to me. And I literally had just dozens of cards that came and I can't tell you how much they meant to me. And some people included money. Say, hey, we know you lost your job. Here's money. We want to help you. And I, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. How it came when we needed it. And their compassion lifted me so that I was able to get out of that bewilderment. Out of that helplessness. Out of that struggle of what am I going to do? What, what's going on? It was others who helped me out of that place. And when you see someone who's helpless, when you see someone who's alone, struggling, in an emotional struggle, maybe in a mental struggle, do you realize that you can step in and through compassion and through the force of compassion, move them to make a difference in their lives, to change them and where they're at because compassion is a force. It's not just, I feel for you. That might be empathy, that might be sympathy, but don't let that turn to apathy. If you're empathetic, if you're sympathetic, then be compassionate and do something. Because Jesus was compassionate, and so he touched and healed the leper. Jesus was compassionate, and so he stepped in and took care of them. And then he prayed, Lord, raise up people who will do the same. Which is what we're supposed to be. It's who we're supposed to be. You see, this same power is what has moved God towards us, towards you and towards me. God is compassionate all that he has made, and that includes us. And being made in the image of God, this is how we can very clearly represent who God is to people and to the world around us. It's through the force of compassion. There's one more passage I want to take you to. It's in Isaiah chapter 49. starting at verse 14. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. In Isaiah 49, 14, it says, Zion said, The Lord has abandoned me. The sovereign master has forgotten me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been like, God, I don't think you're really paying attention right now. God, things are not good right now. God, why is this happening? God, can you help me in whatever the situation is? 
I think you've all been there. I think I'm there once a week at least, right? You know, you go through that time and it's like, oh God, why is this? What's going on? And so here is Zion, this crying out, Lord is abandoned, the sovereign has forgotten me. Verse 15, can a woman forget her baby who nurses at her breast? Can she withhold compassion from the child she has born? Even if a mother were to forget, I could never forget you. Look, I have inscribed your name on my palms. Your walls are constantly before me. Now, this is a powerful image because what God is really describing is something of permanence. See, one of the reasons I can't get tattoos is because I change my mind too much. Seriously, I, I've told them how many times I thought, oh, I want to get a tattoo because I think tattoos look neat. But I think, oh, I want to get this. And then three months later, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm glad I didn't get that. That was stupid. You know, oh, I, I like this idea. But then six months later, it's like, no, I don't really like that idea. And so, man, this inability to think of something permanent is my, I cannot get a tattoo because, man, six months, a year from now, who knows? You know, I'll have some strange alien thing on my shoulder and be like, what was that? What was I thinking? You know, but you see what what's, Isaiah is talking about here is when a person became a slave, what they would do is they would carve the master's name, in a sense, tattoo it on the palms of their hands so that if they were to get lost, to get taken away or to run away, that they could turn their palms over and they could see who they belong to. And God is reversing this. God is saying, I am enslaved to you and I cannot forget you. I have put your name on the palms of my hand. I have been so moved that I have ascribed you into my life. And what a, an amazing picture it is of Jesus who was pierced for us. Who gave himself for us. God has, because of his compassion, ascribed us on the palms of his hands and has moved to give Jesus to us. You see, this is the force of compassion that God cared so much that he would not forget us and he gave his only son so that whoever would believe would not perish, but would have his life. Can you see what compassion does? Can you see how it moves? Can you see how it cares? Are you a person of compassion? Because if you're not, if I'm not, then what's happening is we are Losing the image of God in our lives. 
Are we moved with compassion when we see a person hurting? Are, are we moved with compassion when we see someone alone or lost or bewildered or helpless? Are we moved with compassion when our friend is going through something difficult? Do we step in? Do we write them a card? Do we come alongside? Do we help them? Or are we blind? Are we apathetic in our actions? I feel, but I do nothing means I've given up my power, my strength, and I've surrendered it to apathy. Compassion says I am going to take charge and I am going to step into the situation and I am going to make a difference some way, somehow. Maybe it's writing a card. Maybe it's giving a homeless guy some money. Maybe it is taking someone out and having a cup of coffee and talking with them. Compassion is what moves us. Compassion helps people see the image of God in us. And so we are to be people of compassion. Not people who know the right things, but people who do things because we care. What moves you? What compels you to do something? What is the motive behind the things you're doing? And are they self-serving? Or are they serving others? Are, Are people's names written on the palms of our hands. Those of you who are parents know what it's like to care about your kids to the point where they are always on your mind, especially when they're going through something. But Jesus wants to broaden that. He wants it to be not just your family. He wants it to be those around you, those who are bewildered, those who are helpless, those who are struggling. You see, if we would be the ones who cared, the world could see God. I have read, you know, online as you're reading news, there's a lot of pastors right now who are writing to the president and on the news talking about they want, you know, retaliation for these Egyptian Christians who were beheaded just horrifically by ISIS in Libya. And, and there is just this rallying, you know, calling the troops, hey, you know, Mr. President, are you going to, you know, let us be martyred and not, you know, call us out, call this out? Are, aren't you going to do something with the injustice? And, and it was horrific. There's no denying just how awful this was. But I, I saw a video and I posted it on my Facebook and it's from the brothers of some of the men who were beheaded and even their mom. And they asked them, what would you do if you encountered one of these people who were a part of ISIS? And one of the moms says, I would invite them into my home and I would serve them dinner and I would let them know that I am thankful that my son is now free. And it's like, oh my goodness the people who are close to them that they love, they say, I would reach out to these people who just 
killed my family member because I have something that moves me to help those who are bewildered and those who are helpless. And they are seeing these people at ISIS as bewildered, not as an enemy. And what did Jesus say? Pray for your, or love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you. See, compassion is a force that changes the lives of the people around them. And instead of wanting justice and retribution, these people are wanting to move them to a place where they could see God. And their compassion is changing the lives of everyone they encounter. Because those people who see them and see their compassion for people who are lost and blind and are terrible is changing how they see the God they believe in. And it is more powerful than any missile you can send or any army you can send. The compassion of God will change the world. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the world. Those who have the power of God and are moved with God's love and compassion. Not those who are going to take it on their own. And I know this is a hard way of thinking, especially here in the United States, especially how we grow up and think about these things. But I'm telling you, there is nothing more powerful. There is no force that can change the lives of people more than compassion for them. It's what changed my life. It's probably what changed your life in some degree. And it is what will change the lives of the world around us. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the example of compassion as seen in Jesus. And Lord, we pray that we would not be apathetic as you put within us the empathy, the sympathy for people. May that turn into a force, an action. May we not be passive, but may we be active. And I pray, Lord, if anyone is here this evening and is struggling just with this apathy, Lord, I did Monday night. We all do at different times. Lord, may we recognize what we desire to be like is you. And even tonight, Lord, as we close in a song, may it be a call to action. And may our action be compassion. May we care enough to make a difference. We ask your help in Jesus' name.